Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, the questions continue, this time with a whole bunch of questions about hearing the voice of God. Let's listen. Well, as you know, we're going through this series of questions throughout the whole summer. Questions that were turned in by you, the congregation, about faith and about God. And today must have been a popular topic because three questions were turned in that all had to do with hearing from God. Questions of how do we hear God's voice? Does God still speak today? Well, these are the sorts of questions that we're going to explore today, and we're going to take them one at a time. Beginning with the first question, why can't I hear God's voice? So you can see the starting point for this question. The starting point of this question is going, I lack something, right? I can't hear from God. If God's speaking, I'm not hearing. And so what do we do about that if we resonate with that question? If we say, yeah, I can't really hear from God. Well, it's, it's fair to say that there's a wide spectrum of belief when it comes to hearing from God. Some people are very cautious to ever say that God speaks. And I would say with good reason. I mean, how many times through history has God's name been used in a way that we wouldn't agree with? Where someone said, God told me to do this, and you go, no, that, that can't be right. And so if you're like me, it can be uncomfortable to hear someone say, God told me. But the alternative is equally troubling. Because the alternative is to say, you know, I don't think God speaks at all. And we don't really want to swing the pendulum too far over in that direction, do we? And dismiss out hand the possibility that it is God who is speaking to you. And so I believe that the first step in hearing from God is to believe that God still speaks today. Not that God spoke in the Bible, or that God spoke to people sometime long ago, but that God still speaks to us today. If we do not believe this, then not hearing from God will become a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. Here's how the psalmist puts it. The psalmist in Psalm 85 says, I listen carefully to what God, the Lord, is saying. For he speaks peace to his faithful. I wonder, does that accurately describe you? As you go through your day, do you seek to listen carefully for that voice of God in your life? Too often I say, that doesn't describe me. Too often I'm distracted from really listening or carefully listening for God's voice. Too often the busyness of life happens to me and I become distracted and I don't really intentionally try to hear from God. One Presbyterian pastor who's a pastor of a large church in California, he put it this way. He said, sometimes when I have problems, I don't even think to pray about them for long stretches at a time. I worry, I obsess, sweat a little, but I don't pray. 
Does that describe you? I know at times it describes me, where something happens in my life, and my first thought is not to go to God and, and say, God, in prayer, I need you. And then maybe the second step to really listen and say, okay, God, what are you saying to me? No, maybe my first step is to worry about it, to be anxious about it, to do all these other things before going to listen carefully to God. Well, maybe our goal should be to approach every day wanting to listen and hear from God. How would that change how you approach your schedule, your routines, your day-to-day? I know what you're thinking. If we do this, if we try to approach every day hearing from God, then you're probably wondering to yourself, okay, but what are we actually listening for? What does it actually sound like when God speaks to us? When John Calvin spoke of God's voice as a sort of inner testimony, it wasn't an audible voice, but a kind of inner prompting in his heart. St. Ignatius, uh, he thought of God's voice, and I think this is beautiful, he called it a movement of his soul. And there were thoughts or desires or feelings in himself that he attributed to God. And that was God's voice in his life. The scriptures simply calls God's voice that still, small voice that you can hear deep inside of you. Which means, if that is true, that God is not using a megaphone to get your attention. No, we must be intentionally attentive if we are going to hear from God. If God's voice is like that inner prompting, then I venture to say that God's voice is often drowned out by the many other noises that are happening in our lives and in the world around us. I mean, all day long, something is trying to get your attention. How many smartphone notifications do you get every day? What about every hour? Every news alert that comes in, every mental distraction takes us away from being able to actually hear and be attentive to God's voice. I wonder, for those who are streaming right now, you're probably in a hundred different places, and each place has its own unique distractions, even now, to hearing from God as we study God's scriptures. Yeah, I, I believe that it's harder to hear from God in this generation than in any generation that has gone before us. Which means that as Christians who live in this generation, we must learn how to shut out all the noise and instead be attentive to God's voice. Now, sometimes we do that just by putting the phone down or turning off the TV and going outside. Yeah, the, the scriptures tell us that God speaks even through God's creation. There's a beautiful verse from Paul in Romans where he talks about this. He talks about when you want to see God, when you want to hear from God, sometimes you just need to go and be in the beautiful creation that God made. Here's how Paul puts it. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, 
For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. And through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. Yes, God may be invisible, but when you are in nature, when you are in the creation that God has made, you can see God. You can see the work of God's hands. Creation itself speaks. So if you're having a hard time being attentive to God's voice, maybe that's the first step. The first step is just to go out on your back patio and not take your phone with you and simply listen to the birds. Or maybe for you, it's going in your garden and intentionally thanking God for the beauty of the world as you are in that garden. Not bringing along headphones or any distractions, but just being present. Maybe it's taking a drive up the Blue Ridge Mountains to see the majestic mountains that God has made. Or maybe it means going outside at night and just looking up. I mean, have you seen these pictures that are coming from the telescope? Here's, here's one that I wanted to show you. This is God's beautiful creation. These are the pictures that are coming back right now of the universe that God has made. This is God's handiwork. At times, all it takes to hear from God, to quiet your own noise in your life, is to remember what God has made and enjoy that creation. So, if we can't hear from God, the first step is to limit the other noise that's happening in our lives. Question two. Uh, in the Bible, God speaks with many people. That doesn't seem to happen in today's time. Why? Now, I've heard this question a lot. I've had it myself, where you read through the Bible and the stories are miraculous of the way that God is interacting with God's people. And so you can appreciate that, but then on one hand, you also go, okay, but that's not my experience. And so am I doing something wrong? Or is God just not speaking like this today? What do I do with that? Well, what I'd like to do for a quick second is to take a survey of the Bible to see the many different ways that God has chosen to speak to humanity because it's varied in the way that God seeks to speak. So let's begin right at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, because that starts with the garden. The Garden of Eden, which is supposed to be the picture of perfection. It is the ideal for us. So how did God speak to Adam and Eve in the garden? Well, God walked side by side with them. I mean, what an image of, of intimacy, of complete freedom and vulnerability in God. Now again, this is the ideal. And obviously, you know the story. As the story goes, sin entered the world. Humanity was expelled from the garden to live in an imperfect world. So God no longer walks side by side with creation, but God still speaks. And as you continue to read the Old Testament, you see the different ways that God speaks. God chose to speak directly to some people like Abraham, Moses, 
King David, they couldn't see God, but they heard directly from God. But that was the exception, not the rule. Most often, if God wanted to speak with a large group of people, God would use a prophet. God would use a person who acted as the vessel or the mouthpiece for God to speak through. And and not only that, God spoke through visions. God spoke through dreams. God even spoke through a donkey. Don't believe me? Go home and read Numbers chapter 22 to see how God speaks even through livestock. Yes, in the Old Testament, you've got a great variety of ways of how God chose to speak to his creation. And then, and then, in a truly remarkable moment, God chose to become human. God chose to take on flesh. We call the coming of Jesus the incarnation. That word carne, of course, means meat or flesh. And so we mean that God took on human form. God took on flesh and became like one of us. And that's what the New Testament's all about. It's about God deciding to speak to his creation face to face in a way God never did in the Old Testament. That's one of the reasons why the teachings of Jesus are some of the most valuable words that we will ever have, because they are the recorded words of God speaking face-to-face with us, with humanity. And I know that we didn't live in such a time that we could witness that, at least in person, but we have now the scriptures. We have the Bible, which are all of these recorded words. And in Hebrews, we learn that, that this word, the Bible, is a living word. Here's how Hebrews puts it. For the word of God is living and active. What that means is that the Bible is unlike any other book that you have ever read or will ever read, because it's not just words on page. It is living and active. God chose to use the written word to still speak today. So every time that you set aside time to read through the scriptures, there's a very real possibility that God wants to use those words to speak into your heart in that moment that you're doing it. So not only did God take on human flesh and speak to us directly through the person of Jesus, but Jesus also told us that when he left, God was going to speak in a new way. And this is the way that I believe God still speaks most primarily. Here's what Jesus told his disciples. He said, the Father, meaning God the Father, will send the advocate as my representative. That is, the Holy Spirit. And he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. After Jesus departed, God sent the Holy Spirit into the world. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in us. It's God's indwelling presence that I believe still speaks. That still small voice in your life, that 
inaudible movement of your soul, I believe more often than not, that's the Holy Spirit moving in you. And did you notice that the Holy Spirit was given two different tasks to do? It's really interesting. Yes, the Holy Spirit is to teach us the things of God, to teach us the things of God, and to remind us of Jesus' words. That is what God's presence in your life is hoping to accomplish, to teach you and to remind you of what Jesus has said. Which means that I believe that every day God is trying to teach you something. Yes, every day that still small voice in your heart is seeking to speak to you if we can listen attentively to it. I wonder if God is trying to teach you how to deal with a challenging relationship in your life. Or perhaps God is trying to teach you how to have more joy in a particular part of your life. Who knows what God is trying to teach you? It's different for every one of us, which is part of the adventure of faith. Yes, every day we can wake up and we can say, God, what are you going to try to teach me today? Imagine how that would affect your own relationship with God, how much you'll try to to hear from God and listen to that small whisper into your soul. I mean, what if every time you had a conversation with someone, you inwardly prayed to God and said, God, is there anything you want to say through this conversation? Is there any way that you want to work through me in this conversation? How would that change every moment of your life? So how does God speak? Well, through prophets and people, through visions and dreams, through the Bible as a living word and Jesus' words in the gospel, and through the Holy Spirit in you. Which brings us to our last question. How do I know I'm doing what God wants And not what I think God wants, but it is really me. I take this question to mean, how can we be sure that it's God's voice that we're hearing and not our own voice masquerading as God's voice? That's a good question, because we don't want to be led astray. I mean, we could leave here today and say, yes, God, I want to hear from you. And then we'll go home, we'll sit in silence, and we'll have all these different thoughts in our heads. And we'll go, well, God, which one is from you? How do we know that we're doing a good job discerning the voice of God from the many other voices in our minds? Well, here's a rule of thumb for you. The the rule of thumb is that God will never tell you something that is different from what is in the Bible. The Bible, we call it God's word to us, God's word to humanity. And so God's word to you personally will never conflict with God's word to all of humanity. I had a pastor friend once who was meeting with someone in the congregation, and that member was convinced that God was allowing him to have an affair. He was convinced. And the pastor just kept coming back to him saying that's not the voice of God that you hear. That might be your voice trying to rationalize what's happening, but that's not the voice of God. 
Because the voice of God is never going to conflict with something that God revealed to all of humanity through the scriptures. And so a rule of thumb is to simply say, okay, if I'm hearing this, well, if it's different from what I know is in the Bible, well, then that's not going to be from God. But if it lines up, if it's similar, well, then that, that takes more consideration to say, okay, I wonder if this is you who is speaking, God. In addition, I've learned that we must recognize God's voice and be able to discern God's voice amid the myriad of other voices in our lives. Uh, There's a great example of bank employees. Uh, Bank employees are asked to know how to identify counterfeits from the real currency. But they do that not by studying the counterfeits and all the ways that they are different. They do that by studying the real thing. And they're told, hey, know what the dollar looks like so well and so intricately that when you ever come across a fake, you'll know it right away. You know the real thing. Well, in the same way as Christians, one of our goals is to know God's word so well that if we ever hear another voice, whether from within us or from out there, well, we know the real thing so well that we can point to that and say that's a counterfeit. Or here's how Jesus puts it. In John, Jesus says, my sheep, which is us, listen to my voice. They recognize God's voice. They know God's voice. And he says, I know them and they follow me. But it makes me wonder how much of the other voices in our heads, how much of the other noise in us comes from things that do not actually have our best interests at heart? How often do we listen to them? I mean, how often do you listen to the voice of fear? How often do you listen to the voice of self-doubt or the voice of worry, the voice of anxiety? Or contrary to that, how often do you hear the voice of God and listen to that voice in your life? When I think of the times of my life that I have been sure that I've heard God's voice, it sounded very much like an inner knowing. It wasn't audible. If you were standing next to me, you wouldn't have heard God. But God's words to me were as clear as day. And so, yes, I believe God still speaks today. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.